I think we should just start talking, not even like do a hey, nothing. Just just, just, just talk. Just get into it. Just talk. Just We're here. talk. We're here. This is Rage Against the Pod. We are here. This is the first episode. First episode. Of, of Rage Against the Pod. Rage Against the Pod. And if you we found are now us. Talking. <laughs> if you found us, this is a podcast where every episode we take one Rage Against the Machine song, we dissect it, we get into we get into the nitty gritty of it we talk everything about the song and the band uh my name is tyler and on the other end who do we have what is your do you want me to introduce myself or you want to introduce me you're doing a good job talking just just go for it it. you're doing a good job okay well on the other end is jeff you can do it for me that's fine (laughs) you're such an idiot (laughs) (laughs) but once again this is rage against the pod um we kind of stole this idea directly from another podcast that we both listen to called Blink 155. They just do this exact same thing, but with Blink 182 songs. Uh, but we thought it would just be kind of cool to do it with Rage. And uh, considering they are back from the dead and they are going to be playing shows next year in 2020. Right. We thought, why not? Why not now? It should be know? fun, too, because as far as I can remember, I don't think Rage has made, have made a bad song. And so we'll explore it further in this pod, but unlike other bands that we love so dearly, like Blink and Weezer, as we talked about on our regular podcast, I don't think Rage has made like a bad song. I don't think so either. Mind you, we will be getting into songs that are not on their four right. Right, their four albums. So that's what I'm afraid of. So we're we're doing everything. So my the, my image of them might be shattered. It might they might be, and you know, neither of us are very much lyric men. But, you know, that's kind of what Rage Against the Machine are. That's why a lot of people love them is because of uh, Zach's lyrics. But uh, so, yeah, we're going to be focusing on a lot of that on these episodes. So, you know, that might change our views on the band. I don't know. I don't know. Our politics. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows you know, but um, it's oh, just shoot. another one, two, three. All right, we're doing bomb. <coughs> that's that's the. That's rage pretty cool that you stopped it before the actual like bomb exploded. I like that. That was good. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm the best. I'm the best. At, I'm the yeah. best at potting. Uh, but yeah, we decided to go with bomb track today just because. Actually, there was really no good reason. I just thought you know this is the first song on their first record. Let's just do bomb track. It's a it's a bomb <laughs> song. I mean, it yeah. makes sense to it's, open up a rage podcast with bomb track. I mean, because, like you said, the first song off their first album, and this, this like literally set the stage and the tone for what Rage would be doing, the rest of their tenure as a band. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I mean that, this this song, just <laughs> the beginning. Once it the 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 first lyrics that you hear on this song, are essentially getting everybody pumped up for what rage against the machine is i mean with he i mean it gets super heavy and he goes hey yo it's just another bomb track and he's just like yelling this and he's going crazy and it's just like it's just this pure hype and just build up before you get into the verse and then it starts to get real lyrically and and then you know you have the rest of rage history as we know it 
But yeah, pretty pretty amazing this, stuff. This here. is a great, absolutely intro. probably the best yeah. intro that Rage has done. I think. Right? Would you agree with that? Maybe. Yeah, I, I I could say that, but I will say after doing this research and listening to this song so many times, I'm just so over the intro. It's great. See, I'm like the opposite. Every time I every time I I hear this intro, I want to just play the drums, but then stop it shortly after the drums actually come in. Yeah, because that's I think it's absolutely perfect, and and I mean just like overall production value of this, because I don't I mean you're like way more into that than I am, but for being kind of like a major label band throughout their career, mm-hmm. and this is like everybody is so perfectly produced, and like this the the sound is, is absolutely amazing. You can hear every single instrument at different times. People shine through at different times. Mm-hmm. This is—I think it's absolutely perfect. It really is. It really, really is. Uh, I mean, that has to do with um, wait. Brendan O'Brien produced this one, right? No, it was Garth. Oh, Garth Edwards, right? Um, whatever the hell's name. I, I moved it to the other thing, so now I can't see yeah. it. But well, anyway, yeah, it's, Garth. No, I, I agree with Jeff. The the production, the mixing on it, it really has that intensity uh, on this song, and uh, I mean. There are other one of their other the songs that's one of the other albums I feel is a little bit more raw and a little bit more intense, but this still really the song and the way it was made really encapsulates what I feel like this band was trying to do, both lyrically and musically. And just the delivery of it all, it was just spot on with 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 these guys and this song, especially as the opener. I was reading but, um, somewhere too that Tim Comerford wrote like pretty much all of the riffage. In the song, yeah. I read that too. I was totally shocked by that. I Which had no idea. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought for sure. I thought I didn't know the other guys really had, or I didn't really realize uh, Tim, the bass player, really had anything to do with the main riffage like that. I thought he was just strictly the backbone, and just strictly the rhythm section. But apparently not. I guess Tom stepped back and let Tim, Timmy C do his little thing Timmy C Timmy C baby <laughs> Timmy C and Tommy M <laughs> and Brad <laughs> oh, but it's so Brad, good. Dude. I also read too that this the song bomb track the reason why they named it I thought was kind of stupid but it it's simply because they thought this was the greatest track and you know of course bomb like slang bomb, the bomb, the best, the greatest, or the bomb. So, I mean, you know, for the kind of message that they convey, like I feel like that's kind of like a a cheesy title to give this song, especially considering the lyrical content of this and just how bombastic and intense it is. How bombastic? Yeah, because it's a bomb track, baby. So I agree. I, I think it is cheesy to call this bomb track already assuming that it's going to be the bomb and the bomb like you're playing nfl blitz right remember that pass play the bomb <laughs> so like so I, but like but like so i think it is pretty pretentious to already call your call your first uh actually this was the third single that was released from rage so but the first track off your first album calling it bomb track but it kind of it works because rage was a bomb and if you think of if you think of this song like the the intro leading up until the drums and everybody coming in that's like the fuse being lit 
And it's just kind of yeah. like winding down, winding down. And then everybody comes in with the bar down, bar down, bar down, bar down. And that's the bomb exploding. And then, yeah. like, it didn't stop exploding until they broke up. That's true. They never, this band never slowed down. I mean, everything that they put out was just, just, just hitting in the face, hitting you in the yeah, face I know. along the way. It's unbelievable. It's and yeah, like we said, I mean, we, we've been saying it over and over, but yeah, the, this song is just a great introduction to the band. It, it tells you everything you need to know about this band musically and lyrically, and it it's pretty pretty damn awesome. Uh, the artwork, uh, okay, so th- this song, Bomb Track, it is the first song, like we said, but it was the third single from the album. Uh, so it did get its own single cover art and its own release and its own music video and all that kind of stuff. But the only thing that kind of is tiresome for me about Rage Against the Machine is the fact that they use a lot of the the Che Guevara, uh, that that famous picture, the famous painting of him, right? And it's like, and they use that as the single artwork for this, and it's just like, I mean, yeah, yeah I know it's like, was it ninety two when this album came out or ninety one? But I mean, it's just like maybe at the time it wasn't as like that image wasn't so ingrained in this kind of in, in society, but nowadays it's just like it's too much. It's just like stop. I, I I agree somewhat, but take a step back. So this this was released in '93, and so the album itself was probably released. I would assume in '93 or '94. Let's say '93, and so using that as kind of like the backbone of what Rage is going to be, mm-hmm. because I mean, don't forget '92, like the Los Angeles riots were happening and basically Southern California was completely on fire and insane shit was going down. And these guys being from Southern California or forming in Southern California, at least. Mind you, they're from like Irvine. (laughs) Well, I think think Zach grew up in Irvine. (laughs) Yeah. And as you guys know, if if you don't know, actually, (laughs) just Google like safest cities in America, like top five safest cities in America. Yeah, Irvine is consistently number one, two, i should have started the song over again but (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so no like going back to that that che guevara thing i i think that it kind of came out at the right time because i mean people were fed up with like just everything people were just fucking fed up people see things on tv and and they think like wow that shouldn't happen regardless if they think if they agree with the politics you know conservative or Democrat, or anything. It's just people were just fed up of seeing other people get the shit kicked out of them. And that's mm-hmm. what like the Los Angeles riots were. And so I think that Che Guevara thing worked back then. But I totally agree now. It's completely lost its kind of tone. And when I see people wear the shirts now, I just kind of like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you have like fully researched maybe Che himself. Yeah, exactly. Or if you just kind of like bandwagging on things. Which, I mean, whatever. Either way is fine because at least if you buy the shirt, then somebody calls you out on it and you're like, well, I don't know. Let me research it. And then they go and research it. At least that's one step in like the right direction because there's a lot of things in this particular song, in the video, that if people kind of research and, and dove deeper into, it would just, um, it would make, it would make you kind of angry, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I, I, yeah, you're right. It, it's just, it comes down to how it is nowadays and, and people not really understanding what 
wearing that image actually represents they just wear it as like a, a fashion of like a a fashion thing you know it's not they don't understand what kind of has really been going on in the world not to say that you and i are experts but we are um, true Facts. but <laughs> but yeah i'm just i'm just so sick of seeing that 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 picture it's just too much but you did mention they did you did mention the music video um which we might as well get into right okay so because the music video doesn't have a lot i mean it kind of has to do with the lyrics in the song but it's more specific the lyrics in the song are more like ambiguous but um but first i mean you're right like that music video was next to impossible to find yeah, I I was only able to find this video on like some on like a like a Twitter account. Yeah, I didn't find it. I and, did not see it on YouTube. Yeah, it was nowhere on YouTube <laughs> and I found it on some Twitter account. I think it might have been like some uh rage against the machine fan page on Twitter. And yeah, it's like not even good quality. It's just and the audio is super low, but I mean it is the video. So It's such like a even though the song is absolutely phenomenal for a band of that kind of stature early on in their career the video is very bootleg and just very like diy and not very good at all but you have to think too this is a music video by like an essentially a kind of unknown band in 1993 right that's why it's so crazy that they can write this song and be like the masters of music but as far as like music videos are concerned they allowed this to be put out actually it wasn't even put out until like 2003 yeah something like when that. the uh live at the olympic auditorium thing was put out yeah so apparently they they made this music video and they released this this vhs tape back in the mid 90s of you know i forgot what exactly was on it but it was like their music videos some behind the scenes stuff and i think some live footage but this video was omitted from that and then not officially released by the band until like jeff said 2003 way after they had broken up so you know it's just and you know it wasn't even that i guess in the context of how we live now where we can literally literally look up anything in the world like it's just it's not that bad of a video but you know i thought that too but if you think about kind of like you said we can look up anything now we look in the early 90s and the the whole like the entire video is, is 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 depicting this peruvian uprising maoist terrorist organization basically the sendero luminoso or the shining path and and it kind of talked about how the shining path wanted to overthrow the government by use of like guerrilla warfare and kind of establish a dictatorship Mm -hmm. of the people and eventually work towards having this utopian communism society but yes. I think what the video kind of lacked, and I mean, just like articles and, and different things that I've read, what the video kind of lacked was kind of the horrible mass murdering part of those guerrilla warfare tactics, as in yeah. like murdering, Guerrilla's- you know, civilians or peasants and, and just people that aren't out there to seek violence. And so I, I, I think that they had the right mind setting out and I, I think opening your eyes is always a good thing like i said but yeah. i mean you gotta but you gotta tell the whole story seemed, there i mean because they were from what from what everything i've read they they took they took the side of the shining path like because after doing after reading about the shining path or as 
it's called to, as well like uh, Sendero Luminoso. Is that Sendero Luminoso? Luminoso. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, so they, just a quick little thing. They were formed in the 1970s by uh, a man named Abamel Guzman. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, but uh, he was like a philosophy teacher and he got very much into communism and Maoism and all that good stuff, or not good stuff, but all that stuff. And uh, he started a party, uh, a political party in Peru called, you know, the Shiny Path or Sendero Luminoso. There it is. Um, And, you know, throughout the time he had, he, they, he was constantly at battle with the government of Peru because apparently, or as some say and believe that the, the government in Peru was essentially created by the U S government and, you know, all that, that good stuff. So I think that's kind of why the band took the stance siding with the, uh, the communist group or the Maoist group and not the side of the government because they, they didn't agree with what the U S had done to the Peruvian government and the dictatorship that they'd put in to the Peruvian government. Right. So, so the, the, the history of it, I didn't know any of this. I didn't either. I mean, until I did the, the, some research on it. I mean, I, I'm not, I didn't do a, a lot, a lot, but I did some. I just thought it was a bomb and, song up until this week. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, just like the idea of guerrilla warfare is just so barbaric. I mean, war in general is barbaric, but you know, guerrilla warfare is just on another level. Just like, it just, I don't, it's, maybe it started, I don't know. It started off fairly kind of i don't know i want peaceful right because when they first started doing it the the i forgot what the name was even though i said it a bunch of times sendero sendero luminoso it started off fairly peaceful you just say the shining path because no i can't do that because all they did at the beginning was just kind of burn ballot boxes and things like that Mm -hmm. and just trying to prevent people from voting and so that i mean that's I don't know. That's that's I I believe kind of, but then when it crosses yeah, the because lines that, when that's you're, more when you're actually that's more killing victimless. people. Yeah. Then and they were mass they were literally massacring people, but then on the other hand, the Peruvian government at the time were also doing the same thing. Right. You know, to battle the, the the these other parties, they were killing people as I mean it was collateral damage essentially. It's kind of like um, a like a kind of almost like a catch twenty two in the fact that rage really didn't know. There's no way Zach could have known what was really going on in Peru because we're talking the early 90s here. Like, yeah. internet, like, come on, man. You can't just, like, Facebook it. Hey, what's up, Peru? And so he really doesn't know what's going on. He really doesn't know what's not going on. So he doesn't really know anything. He just kind of reads what the paper is telling him. And so yeah. getting one or two different kind of opinions on it. But at the same time, it's also kind of cool that he's bringing attention to some, if the U.S. was... In, as involved as you think they were, he's also bringing attention to that, which I think is also rad. So he's yes, stupid absolutely. and cool at the same time. I mean, if you look at it this way, informa- the way people got information back in the early 90s is very different than it was 15 years after that or how it is, especially it is now. I mean, nowadays you can get every side of the story, you know? But back then, even if you read like certain history books, like everything's biased. Everything we read is biased, no matter what it is. Nobody is is right down the middle everything has some sort of bias in it and back then in the early 90s if you read something you know that is that is pro shining path they're gonna you know it's just that's gonna be biased for that and that's what people are gonna tend to believe if they read it generally speaking you know so i mean it's hard to fault anybody here in the band 
uh, for what they believe in just because who knows how much of the story they actually knew. But yeah, anyway, so that's kind of what the video is. It kind of, like Jeff said, it, it brings to light what was going on in Peru uh, back in the 70s and 80s and then up until uh, the leader, Abamel Guzman, was arrested in the early 90s. I think in 92 he was arrested. And then life sentence, life in prison. That's a cool video. But, um, it, it, everybody's really young. Except for Tom. I feel like Tom doesn't really age that well. I mean, doesn't, sorry, not that well. He doesn't age at all. He just, yeah, he's never, he looks exactly how he did when he was 18. Like Morgan Freeman. Like, he's just always the so same age. Weird. Except the thing with Tom Morello is that he doesn't have any hair, so you don't even know if he's graying. Yeah, that's true. Because he's 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 hairless. He's, he's a hairless man. I, but, I haven't seen a picture of this guy in a long time, nor do I remember what he looks like. But I always think in my head that Tom Morello looks similar to Joe Satriani. <laughs> no, not at all. No, Tom Morello is like half black. Well, I know, but like he can still look the same as him without the skin. No, color. he doesn't. He he doesn't. No, okay. he looks nothing like Joe Satriani. I've only I've only seen a picture, or I, I've only seen Joe Satriani's face once, and that's when we saw him live. <laughs> First and last, <laughs> baby. The stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I purposely avoid looking at his face. But yeah, so so yeah, that's the video for Bomb Track. And then besides, like you know, the 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 clips that they show of the protest down in Peru, it's just them playing in essentially a cage or a jail on like a roof, and they're surrounded by armed guards, and they're just playing within this little cage. It was like I I think it was mimicking. I think that was actual footage of Emmy Ball, right? Emmy Bell, dude, because in the it showed also him in the cage. I think they were mimicking mm-hmm. kind of that cage and how they, they they're not going to be silenced even though they're surrounded by like, armed guards and they're in a cage outside and they really don't have any privacy or anything like that yeah so that's kind of the vibe I mean, we got yeah I, I i get that too um all right well let's uh what, what else we got okay so there's some live stuff got, there's we, covers we can get into the actual lyrics well, there's the, the let, let's get, let's the get into the let's get into the covers so we're going to do some some covers that we found that might be interesting. Uh, and then also we're going to get into like Prophets of Rage and Audio Slave, considering they, they're they the same band as Rage Against the Machine, minus a different singer or singers. Uh, but we'll get into that stuff last. So I guess we could just kind of get into the... Uh, let's just kind of get into the song itself, and then we'll get into the lyrics. All right, so two, just good? two quick things about live stuff, because you had a really cool template, but I kind of tweaked it a little bit. I should have told you I didn't tell you. So some live yeah, stuff. Have, um, this song debuted in, like, 92 at San Luis, in San Luis Obispo. I don't know exactly where mm-hmm. the, the show was held. I'm assuming it was probably at, like, a college, like a community college. Oh, is it the one on the campus? Yeah, is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, they, that video just got... Just surfaced like maybe a year ago. Ooh. I know exactly what you're talking about. I didn't even yeah. see. Is it good? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Damn. I mean, it's it's like their first show ever. Oh my god, it's so rad. Yeah, I think that was their first show ever. Okay, I could be mistaken. The song's only ever been played once, acoustic. Like I have severe I find air it. quotes acoustic, and that was at the almost acoustic Christmas, almost acoustic Christmas Ooh. in '93, but. It's not even. But it wasn't actually. It's 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 just straight up like just no distortion and a little bit more mellow. So I was severely disappointed because I wanted to hear Mm -hmm. Tom Morello on like Night Watchman style guitar and just Zach like singing. I don't know. That's what I wanted to hear. So rad. Yeah. Well. Okay. So speaking of the uh, the way 
Uh, speaking of just the music, did you listen to the evening session version? No. Okay, so the evening session version is is a little bit swingier. Oh, it's so I think it might be better than the actual version. So they had played the this version of the song several times, or a few times, uh, and it was actually released like on one of the singles for the for the song as well. But uh, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play it. I'll play a bit of it, and then we'll just get right into it. So here's the uh, the evening session version of Bomb Track. There's the evening session version of uh, of the song Bomb Track. It's pretty fucking rad, right? So I, I, I think everybody is as good or better in that version, except for Zach. But that's only because he's consistently so good. Yeah, that's, I mean, <laughs> dude, that <laughs> was like, like the only it was why. so, that was so like groovy and, and like wine bar, Thursday night, jazz right. band playing. And you're just like, what the fuck? Who are these yeah. guys? And then, and then uh, Timmy C, the bass player, he was playing. He was. I, I read too. He was. He actually played a fretless bass on that. That's why it sounds so, like smooth oh. and just kind of like. Uh, what's the what's our oh, fuck? What's that that term? Oh, Milky. What is that fucking term. Well, yeah, no, but but just the, not the like riding along, but whatever. Anyway, it doesn't matter. He played. A, he played a fretless bass on it, and that it sounds fucking great. And I love that version. I'd never heard that version until today really when i was when i was looking everything up yeah that was that was really really good that was rad so so yeah that that was the evening session version of a bomb track for you um but yeah i mean other than that the only other version of the song i was able to find that was kind of different was the demo version of it uh the demo version can actually be found it's like on spotify and it's on the streaming platforms as like the deluxe anniversary edition but honestly the only real difference is that Zach's vocals and Brad Wilkes' drums are like super echoey and super reverbed, but other than that, it's the exact same song. Like, there's nothing different about it really that I can tell. Okay, yeah, I mean, I I agree with that too. I I listened to that version as well. Um, 
I, these guys haven't really done anything like super uh, acoustic. I mean, I don't know why they would, but they haven't really done anything like super acoustic or different than what they normally do. And every, I don't know, every live video I watched part of, I mean, I wouldn't watch the whole thing. I'd, I'd just skip. I would stop watching as soon as I realized this is going to be the same thing. The only <laughs> difference would be Tom Morello's extended solo towards the end, which isn't really like a solo, which is why I like this song a lot is because it's not like a real solo. It's just kind of like an extension on the groove because yes. the solo itself only lasts like mere seconds. And like mm-hmm. it's like almost like a, like a groovy bridge. And then he goes into like a super small solo and then it goes back in and like Zach comes in and they kill it. I mean, this is just another example of like them kind of teasing up or teeing up what what the whole record's gonna sound like sound like so that so Tom Morello kinda like teases like the weird guitar thing he does, but doesn't really bring in the crazy stuff until a little bit later on on the album. So this is like we said earlier in the episode, this is like a great introduction to the band and this album. But going back to like um I don't know, just because I'm re- I'm reading my notes top to bottom. <laughs> So we'll bounce around here a little bit. So going back to the uh, the single artwork, because mm-hmm. I, I I think it's important to note that the that the the single artwork was actually originally done by this guy named Alberto Corda mm-hmm. from like 1960, and then in the late 60s Jim Fitzpatrick did like this two tone image of Che, the same picture that Albert Alberto Cordova did but colorized it and made it kind of his own. And this single is actually a mirrored image of Jim Fitzpatrick. His, his photo or his, his oh, color yeah, that yeah, he did yeah. in the 60s. So what that kind of like, like shows me or tells me that is they are like in this song and, and kind of in their personality, at least Zach, he wants to mirror like Che in his own lifestyle, his writing, his music. And so I, I again I think that bomb track is absolutely like the perfect intro to Rage Against the Machine as a whole as a band. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. Um, you know, and we we do talk a lot about Zach and we especially Zach, but we and we talk a lot about Tom Morello, um, but Brad Wilk, the drummer, you know, the guy is I feel is so underrated as a drummer. I mean, he doesn't have any crazy, crazy stuff going on. He's not super technical, but that's because he doesn't need to be. He just needs to be there to to assist everybody else, and he does it so so uh, in such a classy way. and And he just he holds that groove, and he's I love his drumming so much. And the this song doesn't have a lot of like really cool parts like he does in some other songs, but his drumming on this is still fantastic. I mean, it just adds so much dynamic to the whole song in general because he doesn't play like bat blast beats or anything like that. He just like kind of sits back and just just kind of grooves along with everybody. And without his groove, this song would not be nearly as good. But that's just me. Well, I I agree. Oh. I I think the song is is pretty heavy, but it incorporates a lot of funk elements to it, like specifically the groove and the bass line. But that's like straight accompanied by the slower melodic drumming, and it's it's yeah. a fast tempo song. But you kind of lose that. You kind of just feel like you just you just kind of like going back and forth because of the drumming. Because the drumming kind of sets that tone. Yeah, absolutely amazing. It's kind of like 
it's kind of like you know when you listen to a Primus song, and they Primus do have some. I know you're not as familiar with them as as I am, but like they have some like fast songs. But their drummers that they've had over the years, their drummers don't like play along like like in a fast punky beat even though everything else is going really fast they they just kind of lay back and just kind of groove along so it's always that cool that that really awesome dynamic between the drummer and everything else that's going on and dude it's so good and and you know rage does that and they do it on this song especially it's just he's a sick drummer man phenomenal great phenomenal but zach i mean but, dude zach as well i mean he's so smooth on this it's absolutely just like butter it's so smooth oh yeah it's flow there's like it's no great. awkwardness there's nothing out of place it's absolutely perfect mm-hmm. yeah you're right this flow is is flawless on this record or on this song and especially at a time um, when like rap metal because coming because rap metal had been around since like the 80s we i mean like the bc yeah, boys was even, like, run dmc or you, yeah. But then you get in like the late have, like, '80s with like Faith No More a little bit, and even Anthrax did a couple like albums or EPs that were kind of or they similar did, or to just it. really songs, yeah. Or the Chili Peppers did too. The, it was pretty much like the Chili Peppers and uh, and Faith No More that were really dabbling with the hip hop and Beastie Boys. But nobody has did it or has done it like Rage has done it. Even Scott Ian from Anthrax has said that Rage Against the Machine invented. The rap metal, yeah. No, you're right. They, I agree with. I agree with that. Hundred percent. Even today, there's like nobody. And I, I like you know, Limbiscuit came out, and the new metal came out, and so that's a little bit different than what we hear here, here, here. Mm-hmm. And so, like, just like nobody, even today, has come out and, and done like this Rage Against the Machine stuff. Not only just yeah. like lyrically, musically, but just like emotionally. Like, no one's been this passionate. Regardless of how stupid we think Zach is, or how privileged we think he is, what he was growing up, anything like he was, he he was committed to his beliefs, one hundred percent. Yep, you're right. Sitting in he that was. big old fucking jet while he cruises all over <laughs> the United States, he was committed. Well, let, let, let's get into the lyrics. Uh, let's get into the lyrics to to figure out where Zach was in his mind, what his mindset was when he was writing this song. So, I mean, generally speaking, the song is pretty much just about social inequality. Like that's just kind of the theme of this song. And then he brings in things here and there, you know, like, uh, fuck, where was I going? I got you. I got you. I, I think there are three main topics of this song. One, okay, go I think it. social inequality is not only the topic of this song, but of the band is in general. Well, Which yeah. is weird because, like, how the fuck could you possibly know what it's like to be anybody but rich after this? But whatever. Number two would be like the manifest destiny thing, as he brings up in this. And yeah. then number three, I think like his his mind, which he calls in the song "militant mind." I think those are like the yeah. three things that rage, especially the song, is about. But um, I mean, going from like the lowest to highest, like the militant mind thing. Like achieving your goal, usually political, no matter what the cost, and I think that is is kind of what he wanted to portray as 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 his his lyric style. No matter what, is I'm gonna do this no matter what. I'm gonna be this person, no matter if you love it, no matter if you hate it. I'm gonna be the one, especially in the early '90s when everyone was so I don't want to say PC, but afraid to kind of like go go out, go out from what what, what like the record labels wanted them to do, go out of the way. 
Well, because they weren't allowed to. That was the thing. Right. Because they didn't want to lose everything. But Rage didn't give a shit. No, they didn't. And, I mean, as we've seen, like, way later on, which, I mean, throughout the years we'll talk about, throughout the podcast we'll talk about, but, like, number two, like, the whole Manifest Destiny thing about the idea of basically overtaking indigenous populations in the name of Western expansion, America, Mm -hmm. right? And so I think, like, Zach in the song is arguing the idea of Manifest Destiny is still alive and well with corporations and quote landlords because he says in the song doing what it takes in the name of expansion shitting on the little people and i i that's great i I love it yeah not that he knows what it's fucking Mm -hmm. like to be a little people after this but whatever well true and then number three like the 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 most important thing about rage was we like the social inequality even though i i make fun of them for never i mean they don't really know what it's like to be poor or middle class after pretty much this song was released mm-hmm. but i mean just like that mentality of like us versus them and you can hear it in the song again when he says when he talks about landlords and power whores and mm-hmm. again this was after the la riots and like this is the dividing this is like the dividing band this was the dividing group of where people who only listen to music to get the kind of their politics because there are people out there like that and they say hey this band is saying something. This band is saying that there is a division in this in this in this world in this country of us versus them. I should pay attention. And I think Zach and Rage Against the Machine captured all of those people. Every single they one did. of them. They did. Yeah. I think you're spot on with that one. Uh I mean it, the the way the song is kind of structured too. It kind of does have your your typical intro with the the verse the the bridge and chorus and then another verse and then the chorus for like two or like two minutes or something like that. But like, like I said at the beginning of the episode, the intro to me is just like a build up and hype just to get you going into the band and the album and all this kind of stuff. But then the first verse, you know, he, he kind of talks about how, you know, he needs to stand up to, to what he feels is ruining the fabric of society, that being the government or, or those in power, those corrupt people in power. And, how he now understands, you know, what he's told on TV and the news is just twisted and fake. And at this point, he's just kind of like growing up and kind of understanding, like, don't believe everything you hear. And then, you know, how people are just, how people in power just take advantage of those who just don't have anything or have very little. And, you know, it just, it kind of just like spreads like a cancer the way that, you know, power, like the people in power just like take advantage of people. It's, I feel like that's that's pretty much what the first verse is just saying. And then the second verse to me is just he kind of he kind of takes it from the the viewpoint of, you know, US history, you know, like with Jeff was saying with the manifest destiny and talking about, you know, how the US slowly took the land and essentially the culture from Native Americans and but kind of relating that to to modern day and the way he kind of meshed those two things and the way he his his lyrics mashed up i thought was so so well done and i i I think his lyrics are killer just the way he he words he words his message and like we were saying earlier his flow on this i think is just flawless i mean there are some rage songs where he i don't feel like his rapping is that great but this is one of those songs where he just he kills it when he raps i think you said it said it well earlier when you said that he's he's growing up yeah, and I know we like we always make fun of Rage <laughs> for kind of growing up in like Irvine and and being semi-privileged and 
not knowing what it really what it's like to kind of be poor or anything else. I mean, I don't really know their life. I can only I only know about what I read. So I don't know too much, but I th- I think that's I think that's important because relating it to a band like Blink, where it's like it's like, dude, you know Mark, like you know he came from just like a normal a normal family, a normal middle class, maybe lower middle class family, and he's now one of the biggest rock stars on earth. Mm-hmm. But like lyrically, musically, that does not reflect that. Like mm-hmm. no, nothing about that reflects him rising from the beginning to and, and getting to the end. It's always just, it's always just dumb, which is fine, <laughs> which is not a big deal. But then it's it's just it's just like you almost have like this obligation, right? As yeah. somebody in power, because I mean I mean Blink has just as much power as, as most politicians do, like realistically. Well. Absolutely, realistically. I mean, well, they they have they, influence. You right? Influence, influence. They're they're professional influencers. So like the Kardashians, yeah, Jenners yeah. or whatever they are. I don't even know where I'm going with this, but I <laughs> this fifteen <laughs> this fifteen and a half percent has hit me pretty good here. <laughs> yeah, just drinking a strong one. But I, I was gonna say too, you know, kind of towards free the to end jump of jump in any time. <laughs> toward the end of that second verse, you know. It's just kind of like okay, so the beginning of the song to me oh, that's right. is him is him kind of like realizing you know you know I I'm learning all these things you know about the world and history and how society works, uh, and then toward the end of the second verse he's just kind of just saying you know that people need to watch out because he'll take down whoever gets in his way when he's trying to deliver his message uh, or whatever he's trying to do like don't get in his way. Because he has something to say, and uh, oh, that kind of that Ryan, that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, so that, that's kind of that's kind of how the verses go. That's kind of how I take the message that he's trying to say. And then the chorus, like Rage Against the Machine, have this this thing with their music, um, especially Zach, where he'll he does almost these like kind of chants during some of the choruses of their songs, and this is one of them. I mean. If you look at the core, the lyrics of the chorus of the song, it's just burn, burn, yes, you're going to burn, just over and over and over and over again. You know, he's it, he just has a tendency to just repeat himself over and over again during the choruses because that's effective. If it's catchy and if it has an effective meaning, people are going to pick up on it, just like in some of the other songs, like the song Killing in the Name. That He only says, like, his, there's, like, no lyrics to that song. The lyric, they're just very little, but he just says the same thing over and over and over again. And the chorus in this is just, like I said, burn, burn, yes, you're going to burn. I mean, that, but it's that, how he how he conveys it. That word burn, like musically, I think is very effective, right? Like mm-hmm. sublime, let it burn, let it burn, want to let it burn. I, I think like a lot of bands use that word burn because burn only really means one thing. You are deliberately... Dis- deliber- I can't even say that word. Deliberately, <laughs> what? You are deliberately oh like destroying something. Yeah. I, I I I think rage is pretty literal in their in their lyrics as as I feel just based off of this one song, mm-hmm. and especially like burn. My other two favorite lines of the. I mean, if we're gonna go into lyrics more, my other yeah, two favorite not? lyrics of the song was the, the just another bomb track because I feel like. Like he is telling you, hey, this is just this. This is another song that I'm gonna say that's great or whatever, but it actually is. 
And it yeah. was. And so yeah. people always say like, oh, this is the best thing you ever heard, right? They're talking to like A&R. They say, hey, dude, check out my mixtape. This is the best thing you ever heard. And it's all garbage. It's all, sh- every single thing is shit. Except for this song. And Zach's like, hey, I know you've heard this before. And he even put it in his song. But this time it's different. And holy mm-hmm. fuck, it was different. Number two, my second favorite part of this, or my, fa- my second favorite lyric was when he says, I warm my hands upon the flames of the flag. Yeah, I like, like that one Like too. what is, there is nothing you can do to piss off people more than burn a flag for one, yeah. right? That but you, Like you burn a flag and that's just, people lose their fucking mind. But but then you have to, you, you have to, read the line after that so it's instead i warm my hands upon the flames of the flag to recall the downfall and the business and the businesses that, that burnt, burnt us all exactly yes dude I've, the, i that's like one of my favorite my favorite exactly lines that's the song. that's what he's saying he's he's, he's saying he's saying that he's so dedicated he's so he's so all in to what he's doing that not only will he burn a flag to keep himself afloat because he is better because he is above what that flag represents because it's just a fight it's a piece of cloth dude. it means nothing it represents something but it realistically it's just a piece of cloth it's no different than like a sock with the american flag on it with underwear panties with the american flag on it they make so many things but people get so upset about the flag right yeah and then so he continues he continues it into say like you said the recall downfall in the business that burned us all and so basically saying that even after society crumbles and burns he'll still be there to tell the story while he's warming his hands up like he's a hobo hey i told you so man oh i love it love it yep yep just love getting people's panties in a bunch you're you yeah you really do especially like moving to arizona and just all these like groups i'm a part of and all these signs that i see there is nothing that arizonians 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 hate more than like flag disrespect (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's true i'm telling you bro oh my gosh it's ridiculous <laughs> okay well let, let's get into i mean we pretty much we covered a lot of the lyrics yeah that's like um, all i got except for the covers yeah so so let's get into um well, actually before we get into the covers real quick let's get into so okay so we're gonna do this thing where like like i said at the beginning of the episode uh prophets of rage is rage against the machine without zach but you add Chuck D from Public Enemy and and uh, uh, Be Real from Cypress Hill, uh, and then there's Audio Slave. That's Rage Against the Machine without Zach, but with Chris Cornell of Soundgarden. Rest in peace. So both bands have covered various Rage Against the Machine songs. So we'll just kind of talk about it briefly. Like, who did it better, Rage Against the Machine or Prophets of Rage? And um, so I I do want to play really quick. Because Audio Slave never covered this song, but Prophets of Rage, you know, th- this this was in their set list. This is one of the the songs they would constantly play. So I'm just gonna play, you know, them playing it live, I guess. Because why the fuck not? So here it is, Prophets of Rage, playing bomb track.
All right, there's uh, that, there's Prophets of Rage playing the song live, some festival in Europe somewhere, I think. But yeah, I don't know. There's just a lot of the intensity is gone without Zach on vocals, and I, I'm pretty sure you agree with me. Like these songs, they're good still, but they just don't have that same reaction or that same effectiveness, I guess you could say. It's kind of annoying because if it wasn't for 75% of Rage playing this song, I'd be like, dude, that was a really good cover. That was <laughs> solid. That, that, was, yeah. that was really, really good. But because it is 75% of Rage, I'm just like, why would you, like, why are you guys playing Rage songs? And granted, like, like Chuck Dean and, and I think Be Real are great in their own aspect, in their own realms. Oh, absolutely. They just like together, even though it was kind of cool, like the back and forth sometimes, it was cool. That you're right. It has like no, has no passion. There was no anger. They, they, and it's so weird because Chuck D has been so fucking angry in the past and just, he has something to say. Be Real has been so angry in the past and has something to say that like this song, it was just, just whatever's. Yeah. I feel like with Prophets of Rage, they should have not even had Be Real be in the band. They should have just had Chuck D do all the vocals and like he 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 can he has more of a commanding voice than be real especially in the context of a rage against the machine song but i mean yeah i just i feel like this this cover just falls short from the from the original or every time rage has played it even in i think they played their last show in what 2011 or 2012 with zach so i mean even then like those videos still have just as much drive and just anger as they did you know in 1993 so i don't know that it's just that that was the prophets of rage version and like i said the audio slave they audio slave never covered this song they only covered a few rage but we'll get into those when those that the time presents itself so like i never i i again i I've also i didn't see an audio slave cover but i did see tom morello do like a medley our Range mm-hmm. Against the Machine songs, which also included Kochi's from Audio Slave. The comments mm-hmm. were saying that it was from an it was like an Audio Slave sound check. And so but it it was basically just Tom Morello winking to a backing track of like seven different raid songs and then Kochi's at the end oh, of that's it. Kind of cool. It was you know what? Like it's it was kinda it was kind of alright. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I just don't want to see some dude up there winking the whole time. Otherwise, I would just go watch Ingvy Miles Team. So. But also, one more cover, right? One more mm-hmm. well-known cover of a band that done this song. That done did this song was Stone Sour. Stone, Stone yeah. Sour did a cover. They did. My, I, I was um, going to play it. I have it queued up, too. Okay, so like before we even get into it, I think this this cover is, at best, like C+. <laughs> There's just not enough bass, and the only saving grace of this for even me to like be interested was like that scream going into the bridge slash solo. Okay, so I mean, I'll, I'll I could start the song like maybe halfway through. That sound good? Because I'm not gonna play the whole thing. Good. Because nobody wants to sit and listen to that. But that like it. so here's here's a uh, here's Stone Sour and their their cover of uh, Bomb Trap. <laughs> Yes, I'm gonna 
That's the uh, the Stone Sour cover of Bomb Track. Why did you play like you the most like vanilla replicating soul or fucking cover of all time so long? Because you wanted to hear, because you specifically requested the part going into that was like ten seconds into the song. Do you want me to play the other part of it? No, I don't the play verses? anything. <laughs> Just that one, like, scream. Whatever. Whatever. Corey People Taylor's really it. good at, like, screaming, like, yelling. He's good at rapping, too. He's a pretty solid rapper, too. I wouldn't know because in this song, it was pretty boring. But you know the first Slipknot record. You listen to the first Never Slipknot. Never heard anything by Slipknot. <laughs> You're such Except an duality. Oh. <laughs> 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 That's so dumb. Oh, you're such an idiot. So do you, so I have a couple. Well, there's one more cover I want to play, which I thought was kind of interesting. And then uh, there's a song that ripped off the riff that I kind of want to play too. Do it. So did you did you look up any covers? or? I did. I only saw, I mean, just from YouTube people's covering, I only saw Stone Sour as the band that I recognized. But I'm excited oh. to hear what you got. So there, there were two things I found. One of them was called "Jazz Against the Machine." It's a ja- obviously a jazz version of this song. Uh, so they this this group they they played it live, which was kind of it's it's kind of a fun little ditty. Uh, there's another one called "Brass Against the Machine," and I didn't like that very much because I I just didn't like it. So I, I'm gonna play the uh, the "Jazz Against the Machine" because I thought it's it's pretty interesting. So here it is. So there's jazz against the machine. I think that's fucking cool. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, I've I've never heard that version, but that sounds nothing like bomb track, bro. Okay. It totally does. No, nothing like bomb track. You're crazy. I I, I could play man. that for any like casual rage fan <laughs> and be like, hey, like, do you, are you kidding you me when, when you play? What do you think this Especially song? like no. right before I cut it off, or like a like thirty seconds no. before I cut it off. He was playing the uh, just he was kind of like playing. Oh, he was kind of like playing something. No, no, he was that I playing. Can't remember. Nah, he nah, was nah. <laughs> oh yeah, tell me. He was playing the the same melody and the same parts 
on the trumpet or the nah. fuck he's playing yeah, the vocal have, parts have, on the trumpet. You, are you what's Ooh, going on? I'm all over the are place. Are you also drinking I'm all over the bourbon place. barrel aged over here? I am not. I'm definitely wow. not. But you're just listening no, to you, a, a <laughs> mediocre at best sub bar cover of what I think was a rage song. That was garbage. I thought it was still cool. Oh, you're fucking crazy. It was a cool little song, but it had nothing to do with the rage. Uh, you are out of your mind, young. I'm 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 not looking forward to like the next thing you're gonna play before we end well, this. I'm, so. I'm just gonna play one more thing. So there was a band, or there is a band, I'm sorry. Uh they're called Grand Moff Tarkin. <laughs> they uh they have a song called My Tai. The song came out, I think, in nineteen ninety-eight. Uh and it's actually a pretty kind of cool song. But they really did rip off the the main riff to bomb track, and they actually did get a cease and desist from the band. Dang. Um, yeah. So, I'm just. Should I play it? Yes. I'm, are you excited? Because the band is called Grand Moff Tarkin. I'm excited because they got a cease and desist. So I want to hear how horribly they ripped off the the the, the line. This is a uh, Grand Moff Tarkin, and the song is called Mai Tai. There you go. It's good stuff. It was pretty cool, though, right? It's a pretty cool song. It's a cool song, but I mean, clearly during that whatever verse that was, that was Bomb Tracks riff, minus like the hype, whatever note that was. Yeah. But then but later was... on, they still added it in <laughs> by just chugging <laughs> like along a, on like the E such and out of the high part. Yeah, it's such a blatant ripoff. I love it, though. It's so good. Yeah, solid. But, but yeah, that was Grand Moff Tarkin and their song Mai Tai. Or fuck, I don't even know what to talk about now. I, we, we're, do you have anything else to say about this? I don't. My notes are depleted. Mine are too. I am donezo. We had not discussed how to end this podcast, so now this will be yeah, fun to watch really you don't. try and stumble over, stumble through. Yeah. How to get through this? No, because I'm used to doing podcasts because we do another podcast called SNI Radio. Dot com. But um, yeah, dot com. Uh, but yeah, this is this is uh, a brand new Rage Against the Machine podcast. Uh, you can find it. We do have social media. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Rage Against the Pod. Uh, you can find us on. We have a group on Facebook called Just Rage Against the Pod. On Twitter, our handle is Rage Against Pod because Rage Against the Pod is too long. You can't go over sixteen characters in your username, so it's Rage Against Pod. So go talk to us on there. Uh, our email address, if you want to email us, but that's kind of like you know old person thing to do, is Rage Against the Pod at gmail dot com. You can also find us on any podcast app except for iHeartRadio because iHeartRadio fucking sucks. But yeah, you can find us on uh Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, uh anywhere else. Podcast Addict. I don't know what the fuck you Ooh, use. Podcast, you I use, use Podcast Addict. Jeff uses Podcast Addict. The Most best. 
Android users use Podcast Addict. Most fucking inferior Android users use Podcast Addict. Exactly. You hit the nail (laughs) on the head. Uh, So, yeah, that's it for this episode. We just did Bomb Track. We just fucking destroyed Bomb Track. And this is a fucking bomb episode, right? Yeah, it was. It was. It totally was. That was good. Yeah, that was good. Okay, bye.